All right, y'all, y'all already know what's going on. It's your boy Destin Mazel checking in, and we're going to do a three-part podcast series where we talk about black women with trichotillomania, also known as TTM, and which is also the hair pulling disorder. We're going to talk a little bit more about the diagnosis process, um, what exactly is trichotillomania, um, and what does the treatment look like for black women specifically. Y'all stay tuned, and I hope we enjoy Alrighty, y'all. So I just want to welcome you all to the first episode of my podcast. And I just want to start by thanking everybody for being here. You could have been listening to any other podcast right now at this moment, but you decide to listen to me. So I'm super, super, super grateful and very appreciative. And you might be doing this for a grade. Either way, I appreciate it. Uh, so today we're going to talk about black women with trichotillomania. Trichotillomania is very hard to pronounce, but for the purpose of the study and me not stuttering over it, we're going to say TTM. So basically what trichotillomania is, is a hair pulling disorder. They try not to pull their hair. They've been trying. They've been trying to stop. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not really efficient at it. It's, it's very tough for them. Trichotillomania is very close to OCD. Uh, so it explains a lot around trichotillomania. So clients who have trichotillomania can pull from a number of different places. It's more typical to pull from the scalp, but some people will pull and pick at their arms. They'll pick at their pubic hairs. They'll pick at uh, the hair on their feet, their eyebrows, their eyelashes. They can pull from anywhere. And oftentimes people who have trichotillomania will pull from their hair and leave a number of spots or balder spots within their head. But sometimes it's not even noticeable. Some people may pull their hair all the time and you may not even notice at all. So don't think just that, you know, if someone's hair loss is not noticeable, that they do not have uh, trichotillomania because it's not always noticeable, especially with the rise of wigs and the rise of braids and, you know, creative hairstyling is not always as noticeable. So as I expected before doing this research, trichotillomania is more common than, in women than men. And that can be for a number of different reasons, but I speculate more so that it's because of societal pressures around hair. Women are pressured to have longer hair, whereas guys can cut their hair and have the balder hairstyles. So if a woman is a hair puller, it's more urgent for her to go to get diagnosis and seek help because of the societal pressures that tell her she should have longer hair. So some things that we just want to point out while doing this type of research, we know that black people are significantly less likely to go get treatment. And that could be for a number of different reasons, whether that be available healthcare options, whether that be distrust in a medical system or, you know, they don't see their issues as severe. And a lot of times trichotillomania is kept a big secret within the black neighborhood. It's not, rare, it's not talked about very often. And there's a lot of shame that comes along with it. And this could be because of the importance of black hair. Black hair is super important to black women. And that's going to lead us into what we're going to talk about a little bit with Brianna. Brianna is going to be the first person we interview on the podcast, and she's going to tell us the importance of black hair to black women. As we continue this podcast, I just want to be mindful of myself as a researcher and understand that I'm a black male. So with me doing research on black women, I want to include their voice in every step of the way. And that can just be the qualitative research in me. So let's enjoy this interview with Brianna. So today we got somebody special on the, um, on the call to really just help us understand the importance of here to black women. Um, so without further ado, Brianna, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so hey, listeners, I'm Brianna. 
I am a second year at the University of Georgia psychology. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta and I am working in the lab with Dr. Aisha Metzger um, in the Empower Lab. You should follow us on Instagram at the Empower Lab. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at the Empower Lab. Dope. You would think since I worked with Doc for so long, I would I would also follow Twitter and Facebook, but I didn't even know y'all had a Twitter and Facebook. Oh me- yeah. <laughs> I upgraded us to Twitter and Facebook because we're popping. So no, popping, <laughs> popping indeed. So real quick story about how I met Brianna. So I worked in the Power Lab. I was Doc's like first undergraduate research assistant, and she was Dr. Metzger. That is, and she literally had just started at UGA, and I I sent her an email, ended up getting on her team, and then the year I left, she got her first doctoral student, and that was Brianna. And Brianna has shown love to me. Ever since, even last year when I wasn't in school, she had always shown me love. So shout out to you, Brianna. That's that's big. Period. I'm always showing love. Like, I mean, because I feel like even though we didn't like cross paths directly, I felt like I was like, I'm always going to make sure people succeed. Like, that's something I just do. And so I was like, I'm going to look out for Destin. Destin don't know it yet, but we cool now. And now we are. So here we are. Right. And Brianna also grad- Brianna graduates from Spelman. So me and Brianna oh, are the same exact wow. year. She's a, she's a Spelman okay. graduate. Come on now. You yes. going to school? I'm sorry. You know, I get so caught up in the where I am now that people don't even be worried about where, you know, like once you're yeah. a second year, people don't ask you where you went to undergrad. They ask you where you, where you've been going right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, for those who don't know, I graduated from Spelman College, top 10 of my class, um, class of 2019. Oh, you top 10? Oh, you go I was top 10. You go flex yeah, like uh, that, though? That's a little so flex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know all that. <laughs> exactly. Google me. No, I'm kidding. No, but for real, if you Google me, you'll see it. I was top 10. Top 10 and not 10. Know that. So That's that on yeah. that. All right, brother. So I just want to hop on into, you know, our little discussion that we have today. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to understand what does hair mean to you um, as a black woman? So that would just be my first question to you. And we can answer it however you like. What is, as a black woman, what does your hair mean to you? Um, I think of my hair, like I think of my nails, is something that is a statement piece for me. I feel like um, my hair is a part of my identity, just like me being black and being a woman is part of my identity. Um, I think hair is so interesting in the way in which like just my aesthetic can change when I change my hair. Like right now I have a slick bag, but if I was to do a twist out, I look different than what I look like today. Or Mm -hmm. if I decide to go get my hair braided, um, or get a sew in, like I have all these different options and I think it transforms me into different people. And I think that's one of my favorite things about my hair um, is the versatility that comes with it. Uh, And I just feel like, I mean, black hair is top tier. Like I don't, (laughs) I can't think of, I can't even think of any other like, hair type that I would prefer over black hair. Um, 
So yeah. And that's real. That versatility that you talked about is just so real. I saw a post on Twitter and it was like somebody said he tired he said he tired of me. Which way you want to see today? And had her walk okay. afro. One okay. with a slick back. Which one you want today? You want Kim? You want Nikki? You want Tina? <laughs> Who you want? Like <laughs> Right though. Right. You will get different people. And I think it also just ties into like personality you know like you you embody a different personality and not to say like you know on like a personality disorder type of situation but I think it's interesting in how your hair becomes a manifestation of like who you are and how Mm -hmm. you present yourself um and so that's one of the things that I always enjoyed is like I feel like when I got my slick bag I'm more you know about my business Whereas if I got my twist out, I'm a little more carefree, you know, like mm-hmm. just realizing that it, it 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 carries a certain message or a certain, what's the word? Certain, how you say, vibe, you know, like it just carries a different vibe and you got to, you got to match your hair, you know, like you can't be out here. And you just got a fresh sew-in and you walk around looking crazy. You just can't do that. So, yeah. Hmm. And, that, and, that, and, that, and that's fact, though. You can't, even when I got my fresh fade, I got to be about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't be out here looking crazy. Because one, if you was, I'd be like, ooh, Destin. Ooh, <laughs> wow, that's not cute. But... Right, you're right, you're right. So, okay, growing up, um, I know, you know, our notion behind hair has changed a lot and our understanding mm-hmm. of black hair in general has changed a lot. What messages did you receive growing up about your hair growing up? Um, it's interesting because it wasn't, I mean, like, so given a little background about my hair journey, literally up until my senior year of high school. Well, yeah, I'll say my senior year of high school I was getting my hair permed up until my um, And so I think the messages around that was just that it was more manageable to um, get my hair permed or get my hair straightened. Um, it, it just felt like those were the messages I was getting. It wasn't because my mom wasn't natural. So, you know, like that's just not how I was brought up. Um, but it was never anything against natural hair. I think it was just for the fast paced lifestyle that I had, like where it was like, Oh, you got to get up early. You got to be at school at a certain time. And like my parents had to drive, you know, like 30, 45 minutes for me to get to school. So we didn't have also taken into consideration, like Atlanta traffic. We didn't have time to just try and figure out my hair in the morning. So it just became easier for me to get perms it'd be manageable in that way. Um, And then my senior year of high school, I decided, I was like, I want to stop putting chemicals in my hair. I started doing more research about chemicals. And I also had a bad experience where uh, we had did an at-home perm. Bad idea. Don't ever do it. Um, We did it. And ultimately what happened was we didn't wash out all the perm. And so one my hair started changing colors which was interesting like it started to have like this little red tint to it and so at first my mom was like oh that's cute but then I was like oh well I don't know if that's actually cute and so (laughs) then we had like the little 
you know, a little shampoo that comes with the perm. And my mom was like, let's see if you still got some perm in your hair. And she put the shampoo in there. And, you know, if you still got perm in your hair, the shampoo will mm. be pink. And it was pink. And so we realized that, one, that was the reason why my hair was breaking off. But, two, that was also the reason why my hair had changed colors. And so because of that, I had to, like, cut my hair. Um, I had cut in, like, an asymmetrical bob. And I had to just grow it out. And so after that... That was a transition moment for me where I was just like, okay, I'm done putting perms in my hair. And I decided to grow it out. So grow the perm out instead of doing like a big chop. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do that. So I just grew it out. Probably after like a year, maybe like a year and a half, I had completely grown it out except for like a little bit. And I ended up getting that trimmed off like the last little bit of perm that was left. And now that was like my sophomore year of undergrad so since then i've been completely natural wow so for anybody who's listening who don't know what a perm is um a perm is te- is basically a chemical straightener that black people have used <laughs> to straighten their hair and i'm not sure how popular yeah. it is now but i think the popularity has went down tremendously oh it definitely has went down tremendously like i and not even to be that that person but i know for me I definitely be I cringe when I see women on like social media getting Mm -hmm. perms. I literally cringe because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like your hair is fine the way that it is. You don't have to straighten your hair, but a lot of people are like on that same kind of manageable thing. It's easier to manage. Like I'm not going to sit here and cap to y'all. Like it's not difficult trying to manage natural hair. Like, between having to detangle your hair and deep condition your hair and like doing styles that don't break your hair off and keeping your hands out your head and like it's just a lot of a lot of little nuances that you don't think about but matter when it comes to natural hair whether you have high porosity hair or low porosity hair that determines you know like what you can do with your hair your like it's so many different things so I can understand why people say that but it's also just realizing that this is what you were born with, you know, like it, it's a blessing to have natural hair to me. And so when people chemically change, you know, the dynamics of their hair, it's like, why sis, I don't get it. I really don't. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. It, 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 it is interesting. Brenna, how old were you when you first saw your curl pattern? Uh, when I first saw my curl pattern, I probably was like 18. That is so wild to me. Like 18 or 19 when I first saw my curl pattern. And I was like, damn, can I cut some hair? <laughs> you like, good, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say. Um, I was like, damn, that's cute. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, this is what I've been missing this whole time. Um, so yeah, I was yeah, like 18 or 19. That's- when I first saw it for real. That's wild. I, I knew a girl once and she was telling me a story how when she was younger, she wanted an afro so bad. She's a Ghanaian woman. She's uh mm-hmm. she wanted an afro so bad. So she went into the mirror, she was doing everything, trying to make her hair stand up and get this afro. And then she could not get it. And then she went to her mom's room and she was crying, like, Mom, I can't get my hair to be an afro. Like, why can't I? And her mom had permed her hair. And she was a little kid. And she had she had no idea, you know, why she was getting these chemicals in her hair. She didn't know that she had a perm. And she tried yeah, so and hard. Be, and that's the thing. It's like 
you know, when you younger, a lot of the choices that are being made for you are made by your parents. So you not, you're not, con- you know, not cognizant of what's happening, but as you get older and you see certain things, you want to replicate those things. And then it's like, well, why can't I do it? Do you realize like, oh, I have a perm, you know, like I genuinely didn't know what a perm was. And I also wasn't one of those people who like, you know, cause there are some people who get perms and their hair instantly just break off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like my hair was still growing and flourishing with a perm. It just was like, I didn't like, once I said, once I had that bad experience with it, I didn't want to go back to it. Um, and it's funny because even now my mama will make jokes like, oh, you need to, uh, you need to comb your hair or your hair sticking up on your head. And I'm like, baby, don't be a hater. <laughs> like, stop hating. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting though. Cause like my best friend, she wears an Afro, um, and like naturally that's how her hair is. She doesn't even like to get her hair straightened. Or anything and she's a dancer so like a lot of times she'd be like I don't even want to do all that but her hair is in an afro and it's so interesting when we're out and stuff like people will compliment her especially like black people will compliment her because it's rare to see people's natural hair in such a like natural state you know like untampered with it's just this is how it grew out of your head and that's how you letting it grow um and so realizing, I think that there is this like huge appreciation now for natural hair. Um, and it's beautiful to see, honestly. Yeah, it's truly beautiful. I, I love seeing natural hair. I, I actually prefer, I mean, nobody cares what I prefer. Women can do whatever they want. They can do whatever. Listen, women can do whatever they want to do with their hair. What I'm going to say is, I'm just going to throw my cards in for the natural hair. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay, so that that was really good. So, if I can ask you um, just one last question about your hair, um, what what makes black hair unique? What, what what is it about black hair that's just so so that creates this resilience that, that's so powerful? What is it for you? Oh, what is it about black hair that's powerful? Um, I think for me, black hair definitely represents the struggle of black women um, because it's it's one of those things on like on physically on a black woman that she can change. Um, and it's one of those things that people want her to change. Does that make sense? So like, I feel like it's one of those things that shows the strength of a black woman. Like, a lot of times you go into like these either academic spaces or these political spaces and like even thinking about like Stacey Abrams, you know, like people were opposed to her possibly being, you know, like a VP choice for Joe Biden because of her way, the way she looked, you know, like she has natural hair and it's realizing that y'all look at that as like a, a downfall to her, but realizing that that's the struggle. Like, that shows the struggle of black women that shows the resilience, like you said, of black women that shows that at the end of the day, like this is the one thing that we have control over. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I can't control my skin color. I can't control my gender. I can't control a lot of other things about myself, but my hair is something that is mine and I can do with it what I please. Mm. 
and to please me. Um, and so it's just so powerful and it's encouraging, you know, like you, you look at other women who have like natural hair and it curls popping and realizing that it, with having natural hair, there's this large support system. Like you can get on YouTube right now and find thousands possibly of, of bloggers on YouTube who are giving you tips of how to take care of your hair, what you can do, different styles you can try, how to, you know, like it, it, it builds another sense of community that black women already have, but it's a community within the community. Right. Um, so I think it's just powerful because it's connecting black women across the world. It's powerful because like I said, it gives you this choice that a lot of, in a lot of circumstances you don't have, it gives you a voice, you know, like your hair can also be a form of resistance. Yes. And so realizing that I can walk into a space and I don't have to straighten my hair just because it's a job interview. Like there are a lot of interviews that I have went on with my puff because I don't care. Like I'm not straightening my hair just for this one moment, you know, like if you don't like me like this, then you don't need me when I, when I choose to change my hair, you know? So black hair is top tier best thing since sliced bread and <laughs> I will fight anybody who says otherwise. That's facts though. Really? Like I, I would just, I second everything um, you said, I think coming to undergrad at UGA, I just did not understand anything about hair in general. But one thing I did know was this black hair was very unique. And then I was um, talking, you know, I grew up in an all black neighborhood. I had very minimal interactions with black people. I mean, with white people. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to someone who was white and I was just like, you know, you're not supposed to wash your hair that much. It's going to fall out. <laughs> right. And they were like, we wash our hair every day. Like we talk about it, it's gonna get greasy. And I was like, that's unhealthy. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but keep in mind, no, for real. I'm used to not washing. I'm only, you know, you wash your hair once a week, once every two weeks. You're not washing your hair yeah. every day. So so I was talking to them from that, from that tip. Like, I'm like, you're not supposed to wash your hair every day. What you doing? Like, that's unhealthy. But I didn't realize, like, oh, black hair different, different. Like, we we different, different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a whole different vibe. Like washing your hair. I wish I would wash my hair every day. I would literally have to cut my hair off because I couldn't do that. Right. The process of washing your hair is not just, oh, slapping some soapy, like slapping some shampoo and conditioner in your head and going on about your business. Like, no, it's a whole process. If you're actually taking care of your hair. And I think being at Spellman for me was even more encouraging when I transitioned into like natural hair just because a lot of my friends were transitioning at the same time. And so like, we are learning things together. Like one of my closest friends was teaching me how to do a twist out, you know, like figuring out different things to work with your hair. And Mm -hmm. so having that support in that moment and also realizing just being at Spelman and realizing that of course, black women are different across the board, but seeing how different natural hair can look across the board for black women, you know, like, we're all black, like 100% black. Some of us, of course, are different, but like different, you know, ethnicities and stuff like that. But if you look at us, 
we're black, but I may have four C, four B curl pattern. Somebody may have a three A. Right. You know, like, but realizing there's still beauty in whatever curl pattern you have, and finding that beauty, and being around people who can appreciate that beauty. You know, like, I appreciate when my friends gas me on Instagram. Hey, but okay, twist out. Okay, okay, slick. No, man. no, I, lo- I love that too. Though <laughs> I love that too. I love, like, I love seeing it. It's, it's, it's so powerful. It's, just, it's such a powerful image. But I would even echo it too. Like, there's also empower in deciding, like, I ain't got time for this here and I, w- I want it straight. Like, I have that agency to do that. Yeah. But it's your choice. Um, yep. I think a lot of times with young black women, they don't always have that choice. It's like, yep. we're going to put this in your head and throw some bows in there because I ain't about to deal with this every day. Uh, so I think it's so, it's such pow- it's so much power in, in natural black hair and also being black and having that choice to decide what you want to put these texturizers or these mm-hmm. um, these straighteners in your hair, whether you want to go with the wig or whatever the case may be, it's just so powerful. Uh, that choice had just became such a powerful thing to have. And I think it, it, the choice comes with age. You know, I feel like a lot of times, like I said, for me, it was like around when I was 18, going on 19, that I trans- was making the transition to natural. So realizing depending on how old your parents are you know like my parents are older like so they grew up civil rights type stuff Mm -hmm. so for them it was like you know this is you know like that's how you were brought up you know like that's what you thought you had to do in order to get into certain doors and to get into certain places and so for them it was kind of and even now like I said I feel like sometimes it is still kind of like well, my mama still be like, oh, well, you need to, you need to tighten it up. You need to pull it down a little bit. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm just kind of like, uh, nah, I don't really have to do that. I mean, I do that if it looks bad, but I'm not going to do it just to make somebody else feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that with age and experience comes more power and more control. Um, but also realizing, you know, if your parents older, they living in a different time and their experiences influence the way they think about things. But also when you get older, have some agency. If you want to do a big chop, do a big chop. If you want to transition, you do whatever you want to do with your hair. And that's the freedom, you know, like I, yeah, it's just, it's a different vibe, but I'll rock with it till the wheels fall off, honestly. Period. 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 <clears throat> I think it's going to be so interesting to see the next generation who are not being raised on perms. Because I think yeah, uh, there's going to be our kids and our kids' kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be surprised to see anybody with a perm. Unless, you yeah. know, they want like a pissy cut style or whatever that may be. But um, yeah. I doubt that we'll see a lot of perms. So I'm just interested to see like how, how empowering that is. But, mm-hmm. okay, Brianna, so just last thing for us. Um, if you had someone or you were speaking with a young lady who uh, was struggling with insecurities about her hair, whether that be she was dealing with uh, trichotillomania or she just didn't like her texture, um, mm-hmm. what would you say uh, to this young lady? Um, I would say you are not alone and you are not the only one. Um, and also saying that in, in saying that, realizing that you don't have to be on this journey alone. Um, like there's, like I said, there's a large community here to support transitioning or wh- whatever phase 
of your hair journey that you're in, there's a community to support you in that. Like there are Facebook groups, Reddit threads, YouTube videos, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there are so many resources to help. Um, but also love yourself, sis. Like, I think that is a major thing. Don't let anyone beyond you determine how you feel about yourself, you know? So like love yourself. And if that means you going natural to love yourself more, do that, do what's best for you. And don't think twice about it. Always put yourself first and realize that your hair is your statement piece. You know, like it don't matter what else you got on, like, your hair is what people look at, you know, like they look at other stuff, but that's you. That is the one thing that if you don't have control of nothing else you have control over. So take control of it and take control of your life and whatever you want your life to look like, but do what's best for you. Love your hair, love yourself. Period. Period. So, um, all right, y'all. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, I just want to thank you, Brianna. I know being a, a second year doctoral student is probably even tougher, <laughs> probably even tougher than the first year. So trust me, thank okay. you for taking, <laughs> but thank you for taking time out your day to um, to speak with me. You are the bomb. Period. Of course. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Look at me closing out your podcast. Right. Go ahead. Do your thing there. <laughs> oh my god. Go ahead. Close us up enjoyed the episode tune in next week for next week's episode um and we'll see destin with his next special all right all right y'all peace and blessings